Quest for Truth, Episode 306. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts. Oh, come on. Do I really have to read this? They're charming, handsome, and the most wonderful men in the world. Somebody, please shoot me. Keith Helsley and Nathan Caldwell. Love them or not, you're stuck with them. Hey, welcome everybody. This is your host Keith. It's time again for Quest for Truth. Uh, I will probably be joined in a little bit by my co-host Nathan Caldwell. Uh, he wanted to remark, uh, as he did last time, uh, on the previous episode. Uh, we'll drop in what he has to say here, and I'll just uh, leave his comments stand as they are. Because I got a feeling that today's uh, wrap-up episode on the differences between Catholic and Protestant will kind of touch base on some of the hanging things that have been mentioned. Uh, we're going to cover the final four articles of the Apostles' Creed as our landmap, uh, as it were, uh, to compare uh, different faiths statements of faith uh, and on the surface we can zoom through this really fast probably in five or ten minutes have a super short episode but uh, uh, the can of worms has been sniffed at <laughs> in earlier episodes and we're about to bust it wide open on this one uh, so with that said, uh, let's do the housekeeping. I, would, I do honestly want to say thank you for the listeners for uh, downloading our shows. I've been trying to keep tabs on, uh, well, kind of shows are maybe more popular than others. I think I may have a feel on that. We may be steering our podcast uh, in that direction in the upcoming year. But anyhow, uh, let's go ahead and feature a, uh, a Christian podcast community podcaster. You can find them at the course ChristianPodcastCommunity.org and a bunch of other new ones. I, I need to go check out. I'm not sure if I listened to them all. There's been a lot of them added. So here we go. Are you just watching? Do you enjoy watching movies? The special effects, the interesting characters, the great stories. There's a lot to enjoy that comes out of Hollywood. But sometimes it's best to approach secular media with a healthy dose of critical thinking. Join me, E. Franklin. And Tim Martin. As we discuss our favorite movies. And share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. So visit areyoujustwatching.com to subscribe. And don't just watch. Ding! 
dong. Jehovah's Witnesses. Ding dong. Mormons. Christian, are you ready to defend the faith when false religions ring your doorbell? Do you know what your Muslim and Jewish friends believe? You will if you get Andrew Rappaport's book, What Do They Believe? When we witness to people, we need to present the truth, but it is very wise to know what they believe, and you will get Andrew Rappaport's book at whatdotheybelieve.com. Okay, back with our main topic. But first... Hey guys, heading to the... um, no workplace. Actually, I'm heading to get some breakfast before I go to work. Quest for food! I'm sorry about the, all the traffic noises. <clears throat> but, um, I, I gotta ask, did he just say, that, uh, while talking in the video about the Ascension, did he just say that Jesus poured out his blood and gave his body under the guise of bread and, and wine. Did he say that? Yes, sir. Um, because this is another doctrine that the Catholics have that I completely disagree with that I don't think, at least yet, uh, in the listening of the uh, episode, has been covered yet. Now, I'm not finished with the episode. It may be covered in a few moments, but uh, either way, it definitely needs to be covered because there are two doctrines, uh, and both are wrong, and I get the two confused. But the doctrines are transubstantiation and consubstantiation. What it is is, uh, the uh, I don't know which one the Catholics go for, but one of them is when you pray over the bread and the the wine, it becomes the body and blood of Christ. Eh, no, it doesn't. It's a picture. It's a memorial. The other, the other uh, belief is that it, once, once you take it in, while it's inside you, it becomes the body and blood of Christ. Again, not true. Um, Jesus said when he, the, his disciples and he took the Lord's Supper for the very first time, he said, do this in remembrance of me. It's a memorial service. It's a picture. It's a picture. Uh, as far as um, if the ascension, uh, the importance of the ascension, I, I might agree with that. Um, uh, I, th I don't know that I have a problem with that. Uh, but in saying that, i got to give the stipulation that I am not exactly where I can open up to Hebrews chapter 9 and 10 and take a gander at that while I'm driving. Verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices and could not make him that did the service perfect or make the worshiper perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation. Now, will you notice? You see, the service of ritual and ordinances was given for just a brief time. Now Christ can bring us to God 
but only he can bring us there, you see. No man cometh to the Father, he said, but by me. Now, this is real worship. So, uh, you know, if there's a problem with that, then, uh, Keith, you'll have to tackle that. But but uh, the, the, the hint at that body and blood thing with the, the, the Lord's Supper... Uh, the body and the blood are represented by the Lord's Supper. They are not actually present. The body and blood of Christ. And here's another thing that we need to think about. If the body and blood of Christ was constantly being sacrificed, then that wouldn't actually be a once-for-all sacrifice, would it? <laughs> uh, thanks for those words, uh... Nathan, too bad he couldn't join us live this time. I know we're working out some scheduling things still. Uh, we'll have a, next week ought to be a, another Truth Exposed on the, on the schedule. And after that, uh, there hopefully it will be more uh, live interaction time between us. But let's get going with these articles here. Uh, Article 9, I believe the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. On the surface, there's not a lot there. Of course, the word Catholic will raise some hackles with folks. <laughs> but really, uh, all that really means is, uh, Catholic is a Latin word that means universal. So what the saying is, I believe the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints. So th this Creed is defining what a church is as uh, the communion of saints, the getting together of saints. Uh, and that's pretty simple on the first surface, right? Well, there are um, some differences. Uh, as mentioned, uh, as the Catholics would, might put it, the universal church is the uh, the main body of the Church of Christ as it reaches around the world uh, through all times, the universal church. Now, this has a counterpart in the label local church. Both designations are important. We'll get more into that in a little bit. Uh, the communion of saints is essential to spiritual living. It is <laughs> definitely not non-essential is essential to spiritual living uh, so don't forsake the church even if the government says so god says not to that's all i have to say about that i know churches closed down for a lot of reasons uh, and i know mine has they've been open they've been closed but uh, when they can we all do get together and meet uh, the catholic recognizes office of authority as you know the priest, I, I guess the hierarchy of priesthood up to you know cardinal popes and bishops and so forth. Now, Protestant churches, by and large, recognize only two offices, and that's the uh, the pastor and the deacon. Now let's explore some of these divergences. Uh, you know, church government ranges from a, a formal hierarchy. Uh, to uh, scattered, autonomous, loosely associated governments. And uh, th there's cr 
Protestant churches that also use some sort of a hierarchy. Uh, so that's not really going to be a super big issue, uh, at least not at this point. The Catholic view is more than just simply gathering together. Uh, for example, the church itself is a sacrament. Therefore, it's a means of salvation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can you hear <laughs> Nathan call out there? Wait. Huh? Uh, now, being uh, the key to administering uh, other sacraments, if you don't participate with the church, if you don't participate with the sacraments, you lose your salvation. We'll get more of that later, trust me. Uh, it is the means of grace, securing faith, uh, and worship includes prayers offered to Mary, no surprise, saints, no surprise, and angels. And I say, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. But that's what it says in my research that I've done. Looking at the various statements, uh, there is little mention of the Holy Spirit, which Protestants uh, put a lot more weight on as the uh, uh, empowering uh, personality behind the church. And we'll get more into that in a moment. Now, traditional Orthodox Christianity and Protestants leans toward defining church as an establishment made by Jesus, led by and empowered by the Spirit. Um, uh, now, the, uh, the American Baptist Association, which our co-host, which our co-host Nathan Caldwell, uh, is a part of and uses that as their uh, statement of faith, uh, puts it that way. And they also will say that spiritual gifts have ceased. Uh, it's where discipleship and, dis and evangelism take place. Uh, now, the SBC goes down that line too. And I'm reading from notes, so it's not going to be exact. Uh, if you're Pentecostal leaning, it's pretty much the same, except uh, that spiritual gifts continue. And though the Holy Spirit is the internal sign of salvation, without external gifts, there's no external evidence of salvation. They make that difference, and I think they're not interpreting that well. That's my opinion, and it's just a slight, you know, like I said, a flavor of what uh, Protestants believe compared to Catholics, so we're not going to dive into that super deep. Now let's talk about local versus universal. I told you we were going to talk about this. <laughs> uh, the local church means that you limit the worship only to those in your local body, and you limit who may participate in sacraments. In other words, if you uh, go to this physical gathering with physical people around you that you see every week, that's your local group. That group is autonomous. That group has the sole authority of church discipline overview, and if you're not in that group and it comes time for a sacrament like 
the Lord's Supper or baptism even. Uh, often I've been in churches as a member where they'll say, they'll say you may now be dismissed unless you're a member of the church and it will continue on. Uh, and that's what that looks like if you've never been to a church like that. That's what it means. Local church is the most important thing in your life. You may be saying, well, why? Well, what about this whole universal body? Well, uh, I attend my local church. I don't attend yours. Uh, whenever I worship, I worship with people who are in this vicinity. I don't worship with those who are in Arkansas. <laughs> if I visited there, I would. And I'm sure I would be welcomed as a visitor. Uh, but if they b believed in the authority of a local church, I would be limited to what I would do. You know, I you know, attended Sunday school, learned the discipleship things, uh, you know, enjoy the sermon. But anything that the local church wanted to exclude outsiders, uh, they're within their their uh, authority to do that. Uh, the universal church is open to visiting believers. They include visiting believers in sacraments. That's kind of the, the big uh, noticeable difference. And I've been in churches that are like that too. They, they do have you know, local authority, but they're not unwilling to open a door to a stranger if they show up and it happens to be communion. Uh, let's look at a couple of statements of faith. The ABA... Uh, says that the church is established by Jesus. Uh, they, it's administered and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It continues in a local, visible church. In other words, the people you see, the people who are local. Uh, it is self-governing. There's no ecclesiastical, <laughs> ecclesiastical structure other than the local uh, church government, and usually it's the, the democratic style, uh, you know, bylaw and constitution and so forth. Uh, there's, uh, as mentioned, two divine offices, pastor and deacon, the, the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, which is handy for me because I'm part of that, so I grabbed their definitions and made some notes. <laughs> it, it says autonomous local gathering of believers. Uh, sharing in faith and fellowship, observing the ordinance and laws of Christ, uh, exercising spiritual gifts, expanding the gospel around the world. Now, it doesn't mean, oh, Southern Baptists believe you're going to get these wild and wacky charismatic gifts. What that means is the Holy Spirit, uh, when he enters your life,